Hello, everyone. <clears throat> George Watkins here on this wonderful Sunday night. I'm so pleased to be able to come and be a part of your life again. Okay. Well, we are heading into the dark time of the year. <laughs> In our Northwest, we will have, we will be dark at four o'clock pretty soon. One of the things <clears throat> that encourages me is that on December the 22nd, it starts the other way. So we can live in hope, folks. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the encouraging Spirit of God to us today. If you're new or if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to YouTube and or I should say like us on Facebook. It's a big help when you share and the comments they tell me are also a help to us. Now, why do I say that? Well, I just am sure that God put this time together so others could hear it also. And if you do that, it will help that happen. All right. <clears throat> the situation that we're in, there's two types of people in the church. There's the type of people that are completely cut off and ignorant of any kind of news, political stuff, and what's coming down the pike from, from the news outlets, political outlets, and so forth. <clears throat> then there's the other side of the church. I say there's two. I'm emphasizing <laughs> these two. You, <clears throat> that put too much emphasis on that and that's all they see so their emotions are up and down we get good news in our conservative bible-based understanding and we're up <clears throat> but lo and behold a a uh, judge or some politician comes along and knocks it down again and we're down again okay i want to talk about that out of psalm 73 psalm 73 is a psalm that I refer to often. It was <clears throat> written by Asaph. He was one of the spiritual singers and leaders and spiritual people of Israel. And he writes an interesting scenario here. And it sounds a lot like where we're at now. So what I want to do on this Sunday night is encourage you to <clears throat> get your eyes and your attention and your uh, emotions off of the roller coasters that are happening in our media, politics, economics, social jungle that's going on, and get your eyes and your attention back on God, God's word, God's promises, and so forth. Let me read a little bit out of uh, the <clears throat> Passion Bible in Psalms 93, uh, 73, pardon me. No one can deny it. God is really good to Israel. And then, then he adds a tagline here. And all those with pure hearts. <laughs> That's me. Why? Because God has made a pure heart in us, hasn't he? He has given us redemption, forgiveness, cleansing of our sins, sonship, We've come into the Father. He lives in us. He has purified our hearts. 
I would suggest if you're doubtful of that, that you go back and begin to fasten and, and focus and fasten your eyes and focus on the scriptures that tell us how redeemed we have become because of Christ. If you're still carrying around with you a record of your failures, don't do it. That's illegal. Because God has taken that and buried it. And if you pull them up out of that place, he's cast them, sea of forgetfulness. If you pull them up out of that, you're fishing illegally. <laughs> you don't have a license to pull up your past failures because God has chose, made a decision to not remember them against you anymore. Isn't that something? He has chose by his sovereign God nature to not remember them against you anymore. Now, who do, who do we think we are that we carry a list of the failures? And we do, we, it comes up in our mind. Now, I realize the enemy has got his own list and he'll whisper or speak. That's what that's when we stand and defend ourselves and break the power of that thing. And also, not a sideline, not a side note, but maybe a little uh, detour here. If that's happening to you, take it to the throne room and break the back of that thing so he won't come back. And he won't. You can break that thing. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, I'm starting to preach. It's too early for that. Now, he said, but I nearly missed seeing it myself. And here's my story, he says. I nearly missed losing it all. I was stumbling over what I saw the wicked doing. If you follow some of the news and some of the reports that happen, and on the conservative side, they give you, I believe they give you more detail of what's really behind the scenes in some of these situations. You will become gripped by the fact that there's some very, very rich and powerful people that seem to be manipulating a lot of things. They, they manipulate politics. They manipulate uh, governments. They manipulate uh, school systems and on and on. Now, if that's the case, if that be the case, then, wow, what do we do? I'm just this plowboy. I've just got this grocery store. I'm a school teacher. I'm driving a bus. I'm digging a ditch. How can I do anything to change the situation I'm in? Am I just a surf, a pond in the game? Am I somebody's slave? All right. When you fasten your eyes on that, and you begin to meditate upon, upon that, you'll be drawn into a, um, an endless quagmire. That's a big word <laughs> for a mess where you get in and can't get out. You'll be drawn into a, a quagmire. You'll be drawn into one of those, one of those uh, <clears throat> endless mazes that we have here every October in our cornfields. Get in there and get lost. And you, you'll stay discouraged and you'll stay fearful because what you put your eyes on, you'll begin to be drawn toward. He goes on to say, here's, he says, I was stumbling 
For when I saw the boasters with such wealth and prosperity, I became jealous over their smug security, indulging in whatever they wanted, going where they wanted, doing what they wanted, and with no care in the world, no pain, no problems, they seemed to have it made. I wrote of the notes below that our young generation is absorbed with the internet and with the movies and with what they see. What they see on the internet is people more more uh, more wealthy, but especially among the uh, the young, prettier, uh, you know, cooler, better clothes. Their nose is different. Their ears are different. Their hair is better than mine. And it builds in them a sense of, of worthlessness. And we're seeing a high rate of suicide. It just saddens my heart, breaks my heart when I realize that the gospel can change all this. Knowing Jesus can change all that. But this is what we're gripped in. Now, this is what we see. This is what Asaph was saying in this uh, in this 73rd psalm in the in the passion bible they indulge themselves in whatever they want they're selling houses now in hollywood and places for 150 200 million dollars incredible it's beyond imagination how could that ever be well there's people out there that are just living their life without any care it seems doesn't it it seems like they do <clears throat> They live as though life would never end. They didn't even try to hide their pride and opulence. Cruelty and violence are a part of their lifestyle. Pampered and pompous, vice oozes from their souls. They overflow with many vanities. With vanities, They're such snobs looking down their noses. They even scoff at God. There's nothing but threading... <coughs> They are nothing but bullies threatening God's people. That sounds like the newspaper, or I should say the internet. Who reads the newspaper anymore? Okay, that's the setting in Asaph's 73 Psalm. That's the setting in my hometown in 2023. Nothing is ever different when it comes to the spiritual warfare we're in. It's just as real today as it was in that day. Now, what do we do about it? How do we get out of that situation? Personally, when I hit a, a uh, storm of doubt, when I come into a, you know, a black cloud, as it were, where it's gloomy and fearful, and it can happen through, if I get my eyes on this, it can happen through a, a, an attack of the enemy where all of a sudden I'm feeling the pressure of, of that warfare that's happening. There's many reasons or ways that can come at you, but here's your defense. And it's found, he says in the um, 17th verse, but one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God. And in the light of glory, my distorted perception vanished. Now, let's look at this just for a moment. One day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God. Now, the King James says the house of God. That's, that kind of indicates we should find a church building. I'm not opposed to that. 
I've been a pastor a long time. It's good to gather. Church buildings afford that. They give us that comfort. <laughs> Who wants to gather under a tree in a rainstorm or in a warm building? Okay, enough said. But the sanctuary that he's referring to is more than a church building, more than a group of people that study the Bible. The sanctuary of God is really the heart of God, the presence of God, and God himself. How do we go into God himself? Well, scriptures tell us that he has invited us in. Now, when we go in, we're not going into some ethereal uh, construction of a spiritual world and heaven. We're not going into a mansion in the sky, the sweet by and by. We are living in Christ, and Christ is in God. That's the mansion. That's the house we're in. However heaven looks like, I'm, there's all kinds of references coming from people who are visiting and coming back even from near-death ex, near experiences and even death experiences coming back to life. So there's some wonderful descriptions of what heaven looks like, but that's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with the heart of God. How do you get into the heart of God? Well, by obeying the scriptures that tell us two things. Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. Those are the two scriptures that condensed and really fulfilled in Christ the Ten Commandments. All the ten that were rigorously kept or at least attempted to be kept in the Old Testament, in Christ, Jesus says, there's two commandments I give you. Those two commandments focus me in on that entrance into the heart of God. Now, when I say the heart of God, we visualize a heart and we visualize, you know, a body and, <laughs> and, and all those things. But really, it's, it's, it's God's house. He is the house. He is the sanctuary. And wherever the presence of the Lord is, that's where God is. So we enter into that presence. I encourage you to begin to find ways to know the Lord, to hear the Lord, and to be in that presence. Okay, now, Asaph said, I have been foolish to play by the rules. I have been foolish, he thought, in this discouragement. He says, I have been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure. Our young people that go into our universities and colleges after they leave home, if they haven't uh, had a real foundation in their relationship with God, and they go into a world where Everything is free. You know, everything is open. There's no rules anymore. They say the same thing. Have I, I've been foolish by trying to live by these rules and keep my life pure. I tell you, we are, we are seeing God's invitation for us to do the same thing Asif did. And when he did, he said he went into the sanctuary of God. 
He says, then I understood the destiny of the wicked was near. They're the ones who are out of the out on the slippery path, and God will suddenly let them slide off into destruction. Now we're not dealing with flesh and blood. When we look at a wealthy man, we're not trying to destroy him. We're destroying the spirits that drive these situations. Our prayer is to love our enemies, pray for those who despitefully use us, isn't it? So when we talk about sliding off the slippery path into destruction, we're not trying to kill <laughs> the sinner. We want to win him to the Lord. But Paul said we're wrestling not we're not wrestling. We're not struggling or fighting against people. It's the power behind the people that we break. And we do that because we go into the sanctuary or into the presence of the Lord. And it's out of that presence, out of that anointing, out of that encouragement, out of that understanding that God will bring an end to this. There's an end to this. And it's not our defeat and our destruction. It's his, it's theirs or the spirits that drive them. Now, take note. There are those that refuse to let go of that spirit and they get the same judgment the spirit gets. All right. They're the ones who want a slippery path. Okay, I'm, I'm in, in verse... Um... <laughs> When you, when you get the, the Passion Bible, be sure and get some real strong magnifying glasses because they don't give you the scripture very big. You can't hardly see it. <clears throat> Except you got, unless you have younger eyes than I, okay. It will be an instant end to all their life of ease. A blink of the eye and they're swept away by sudden calamity. They're all nothing more than Momentary monarchs, soon to disappear like a dream when one awakes. Okay, let me prophesy this. This is a prophetic word on this Sunday night. Take this prophetic word, take it into prayer, take it before the Lord, and let's declare this as a word from the Lord out of Psalms 73 in the Passion Bible. Let me read it for you again. <clears throat> It will be an instant end to all their end of ease, a blink of the eye, and they're swept away by sudden calamity. They're all nothing but more than momentary monarchs, soon to disappear like a dream when one awakes. When the, when the rooster crows, Lord God, you'll despise their life of fantasies. When I saw all of this, what all of this, what turmoil filled my heart, piercing my opinions with your truth. He said, I was stupid. I was senseless. And he asked to be forgiven. He said, even in the midst of this, this whole chapter is just so, just so, it's just so full of so many wonderful things. Let me go on a bit here. I was stupid. I was senseless, ignorant, acting like a brute beast before you, Lord. And in the 23rd verse, yet in spite of all this, I still belong to you. You hold me in, you hold me by my right hand. You lead me with your secret wisdom and following you brings me into your brightness and glory. Okay, so you've missed it. 
so we've been discouraged. So we thought we were going down, you know, going down the, <laughs> the, the tubes, as they say. So we thought the world was over. But we go into the sanctuary, we get our heart back, we see the end of the, of the wicked, God's going to deal with them. And then we realize that even in our foolish thoughts, God still had us in his hand. He never let us go. And he led us by the hand. And in the midst of that, he led us to this wonderful conclusion of brightness and glory. <laughs> okay, on this Sunday night, I want you to see the brightness and the glory of being in his presence. Amen. Now, tomorrow we have an opportunity to go into the physical gathering of people that, that Paul calls the sanctuary or the, the house of God, community of faith and the community of the saints. Go on in there tomorrow and worship. Let your spirit open up. And as you do, remember, there's brightness and glory in coming into the presence of the Lord. Then through the week, when the church is not open or you're not there, go into his presence in prayer and meditation and worship. Step into that atmosphere of knowing that the Father will never, never leave you or stop loving you or leave you or take you out of his hand. Amen. Okay, well, <laughs> I preach myself happy tonight on this Sunday night. Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate the prayers that I feel coming back to me, toward me, and to this uh, simple broadcast we have. Your encouraging words always uh, inspire me on. Amen. We're getting some reports and contacts from other nations. There's people that have sent me a little notes or, or messages or a high five from uh, about a half a dozen, maybe more than that, nations now that are tuning in on our podcast on Podbean. That's the channel we're on. We're getting, we're getting uh, some wonderful response from that. So I thank you for your encouragement encouragement in all those ways your prayers your financial support and all the sharing you do thank you for that tomorrow morning's coming quickly we will see you on on an early monday so we'll kick the week off with some good stuff until then be glorified in his presence <laughs>